Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's continue to pray for Afghanistan and for Haiti. And, uh, and we have a few other requests that we've come in, some prayer requests that have come in and we want to pray for. We're going to get to those in a moment. But I, I want to just share with you the thought that God's put in my heart for all of us tonight. Uh, because we're, we're in this uh, series called Kingdom Principles. And as you know, it's a, it's Kingdom Principles are these spiritual uh, guidance, uh, spiritual laws that uh, structure the kingdom of heaven and therefore should structure our life. Our life should be structured around these kingdom principles. Then and only then will our lives uh, be uh, honoring the Lord and be pleasing in his sight and will be blessed in turn. And so uh, we were looking in chapter 24, and Jesus had been talking about the end times, what it's going to be like prior to the return of the Lord, and all the difficulties that are going to be rising up. And we looked at the fact how Jesus said that uh, sin is going to be rampant. Other translations just simply, there's going to be an increase of wickedness. Darkness is going to be on the rise. And as a result of that, it's going to test a lot of the people of God. In this wise, Jesus said, because of that, the love of many will grow cold. The relationship with God uh, will be decreased and diminished as God's people are Unfortunately, many are going to be drawn into this increase of sin and what uh, the pleasures that it has to offer. And uh, Jesus goes on to say in verse uh, 44 of the 24th chapter, uh, you also must be ready at that time. Excuse me, must be ready all the time. For the Son of Man will come when you least expect you also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when you least expect it. I want to talk to you tonight about readiness. See, readiness, being prepared for the Lord's return. That's what we want to talk about. Now, Jesus went on in chapter 25 uh, to talk about what does it mean to be ready. One of, the, one of the aspects, a critical aspect of being ready. Uh, Matthew chapter 25, I'm going to read the first 13 verses. Jesus, remember, is talking to his disciples, and he says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their, uh, oops, let me get the wrong page, for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. 
Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too, speaking to the disciples, must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. So this is a parable. Remember, a parable is an earthly story that has a spiritual meaning. And here, Jesus is giving this parable, and it involves ten bridesmaids, five who are wise and five who are foolish. The wise had enough oil, but the foolish did not. And at midnight, the darkest hour, midnight is always in the Bible symbolical for the darkest hour. And at the, so at the darkest hour, when least expected, notice the bridegroom came. And there was that shout, get yourself ready. Well, the foolish, they didn't have enough oil and their lamps had uh, started to go out. So they asked the wise if they could share some of their oil. But the wise said, no, we don't have enough uh, to do that. So they go off, and they try to buy some oil, and in the interim, the five wives are taking into the wedding feast, and the door is locked. And later on, when the five foolish want to come in, the bridegroom says, no, I don't know you. You cannot come in. So now, we want to look at tonight how this connects to, to us. Remember, every time you read your Bible, that should be your primary question that you ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Okay, God, I've read this. Now, how does this apply to me? What is it that the Holy Spirit wants to say to me? And uh, in this story, we want, there's a lot of symbolism in this parable. The, the bridesmaids, they represent everyone who has put their faith in Jesus Christ. So tonight, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, then you are in this uh, parable, the bridesmaid. You are part of that group, the, the bridesmaid. Now, here's the big question. Are you a foolish bridesmaid or are you a wise bridesmaid? Every single one of us will be one of those two categories. I will either we will be foolish or, I, or we will be wise. And the lamp that they carry, now that represents our life, the, and the, or if I could put it this way, the Christian life, where, you know, the Bible teaches us, right, that we're, we're supposed to let our light shine in this dark world. We are supposed to let the, 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 the glory of God and the Spirit of God that dwells within us shine out into this dark world so that people may know the glory of God and experience it as they look into our life. So the lamp represents the Christian life that has to shine in the darkness. And the oil is symbolic for the Holy Spirit. So we receive the Holy Spirit when we embrace Jesus Christ as our Savior, when we ask the Lord to forgive us of our sin and to come into our hearts, he comes in and dwells in our spirit with, via the Holy Spirit. Are you with me so far? Okay, so now, so the, it's the Holy Spirit 
that enables us to shine in this dark world. You realize that, right? That it's not a better you that shines in this world. It's the spirit of Christ through you that shines in this dark world. That's what people need to see. Christ in you, not a better you. There's a big difference before that. In other words, I need to yield to the Spirit of the Lord so that the Spirit of Christ may w flow through me and the people around me in my community, uh, in the supermarket, or wherever, they might see Jesus in me. That is letting our light shine forth. Amen? Okay. So now, to be... Counted among the wise, I think this is a little bit too hot. Maybe let me take, uh, move it out some. To be counted among the wise, we have to have enough oil. We have to have enough of the Holy Spirit. This is why we find in the scriptures that we and I, as the people of God, are exhorted to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, there are people, when we first are, are saved, when we first embrace Christ as our Savior, the Spirit of the Lord comes to dwell in us. But then we are exhorted. Listen to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, once again, there's symbolism here. Wine, he wasn't just talking about uh, the actual beverage. Uh, don't be drunk with wine. Don't be full of alcoholic beverage uh, because that will ruin your life. There is a certain measure of truth to that in the physical. But again, remember, wine also in the Bible also symbolizes and represents the enjoyment that this world has to offer. For wine comes from the fruit of the earth. And so it, it, it represents the, the enjoyment that this life has to offer. And so we can look at this scripture from don't get drunk on the pleasures of this life because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the wonderful thing about this scripture is the original Greek, where we have translated be filled, it should probably be translated more correctly, be constantly filled. Because it's written in the, in the present continuous tense. Meaning, again, it, it could be translated as be constantly or continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we live in a, in, a, in a world where we are constantly being drained of the Spirit of God. You don't have to battle the devil literally to be drained in the Spirit. You just have to live in this life. There are hassles. There are trials. There are hardships. Every single day, you and I encounter all of these difficulties in life that the meter of the Holy Spirit in us just simply starts moving down towards empty. It just starts to sap our spiritual energy, our spiritual strength. And so readiness, as I titled this word tonight, is being prepared for the Lord's return by constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so here's the kingdom principle that we've got to look at, and that is readiness is required condition for the entrance into the kingdom of God. 
only those who are wise. This is a difficult statement for some to fully embrace, to fully comprehend. Jesus was talking to his disciples and said, half of you, if there's 10 of you, only half of you are going to get in. Only half of you are going to be ready when I return. Half of you are going to be foolish. And half of you are going to be wise. And in order to be wise, you need to make sure you have enough oil. You need to make sure that you don't run out of oil. Because only those who have enough supply of the oil will make it to the end. Will be ready when I return. Only the wise. Now, having said that, about this readiness, about having oil, just two thoughts I want to leave with you, then we're going to get back to pray. Number one, listen, we must ask to receive oil. We must ask to receive oil. Luke chapter 11, verse 13, Jesus said, How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. See, because life in and of itself drains us of our spiritual energy of the Holy Spirit, if we do nothing, we become foolish. In other words, these 10 that fell asleep and woke up, they didn't do anything wrong. They didn't go out and live a sinful lifestyle. They just never asked for the oil. And as Christians, it's not about you saying, well, I, 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 I don't go into the world and I don't do drugs and I don't do alcohol. I'm not doing any of that thing. That's fine. But see, that's still not enough. Because see, if you don't ask for the Holy Spirit, then you're going to eventually find yourself on zero, spiritually speaking, and you won't be ready for the master's return. It's not enough just to say, I'm living a righteous life. I'm living a good life. I'm morally a good person. No, we need to be going to the Lord and asking for him to fill us every single day that he gives us breath. Is a day that you and I need to go to God and say, God, would you fill me with your spirit today? Would you fill me afresh and anew with the Holy Spirit today, Father? Because if we don't, and we're foolish. We're foolish to think that we don't need a fresh filling. Listen, some, sometimes, especially among Pentecostals, us Pentecostals, we can get to that point where, well, you know, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized Holy Spirit speaking in tongues five years ago. Well, that's wonderful. But you ate five years ago. I bet you've eaten since then. You know, we don't, we don't just say, well, that happened once and I don't need it anymore. I don't need to be filled anymore. No, the Bible tells us we need to constantly be filled with the Holy Spirit. And James says, you don't have because you don't ask. And Jesus has promised, how much more will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? See, if we don't receive, it's just simply because we haven't asked. And tonight, we need to ask for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us. Amen? Here's my second point. Now, you can only receive oil from God. You can only receive oil from God. Did you notice the bridesmaid went to the other bridesmaids to try to get oil? 
You can only receive the Holy Spirit from God. You can't receive it from somebody else. Another, let me put it to another way. They were trying to rely on getting oil from somebody else. And whenever you and I try uh, to rely on somebody else for our spiritual well-being, we become foolish. Only getting the oil from God will make us ready. Let me put it to you another way. Our readiness cannot be dependent on the readiness of others. See? See, because Pastor Joey is filled with the Holy Spirit, my hanging out around Pastor Joey is not going to fill me with the Holy Spirit. And there are times where in, in relationships, we can depend on, rely on somebody else's readiness. By, by readiness, I'm talking somebody else that's filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody else that's empowered with the Holy Spirit. Listen, husband, just because your wife is filled with the Spirit and moving powerfully in God doesn't mean that you're ready. And why? Just because your man, my man is filled with the Holy Ghost, bless God. My, listen, just because he is all of that doesn't mean that you're ready. You can't rely on somebody else's readiness to be ready yourself. It's like that with our children. Children need to realize just because our parents may be on fire for God doesn't mean that we're ready to, to meet the Lord. You can't get your ready. From somebody else. You can't get your oil from somebody else. You can't be that way in church. Listen, somebody can encourage you. Somebody can spiritually challenge you. But in the end, you have to get to God for yourself. Because if you, gain, if you just say, well, I, I just got to get around godly people. Well, Having uh, 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 godly friends and, and, and godly relationships, that's important. I don't want to make light of that. But I don't want you to be deceived either to thinking that that's sufficient. Because when you get around godly people, people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, one of the things that must take place is they put in you an appetite to become godly, yes. to become holy. You want what they got. And if you realize, okay, they're, they're filled with the, the Holy Spirit. Well, I need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. See, it's not a matter of me just rubbing shoulders, so to speak, or rubbing elbows with, with, with people who are on fire for God. It's an understanding. And they challenge me. To, they are on fire for God. They're seeking after God. They're getting all they can from God. That's what I need to do as well. Then those relationships become a blessing because now your readiness is not dependent on somebody else. It's you now going to God. That's even in church. You can't depend on, on services to get you ready. We're here just to whet your appetite. The best that I could ever do is point you in the direction that you ought to go, but I can't make you go there. You got to go there for yourself. Right? You, Pastor Jason could lead us in wonderful song, uh, be inspired by the Holy Spirit, but he can't make you worship. You got to worship that. You got to do that on your own. So, so no matter what the environment is, you can't get oil from somebody else. You can't be ready based upon somebody else's readiness. You've got to go to God yourself. 
and ask God to fill you afresh and anew. That's the only thing that can make us get or get us ready for the Lord's return. You see, no matter how dark this world is going to become, no matter how much the challenges are around us, in the end, if we want to endure to the end like we talked about on Sunday, if we want to make sure that our love for the Lord doesn't grow cold, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit constantly. How else are we going to combat the rise of evil? How else are we going to deal with the increase of darkness around us? Is it not to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Listen, if you've got children, maybe if you're watching us online and you got, you're at home, if you've got children, what are your children going to do against the rising tide of evil? You can teach them, and you need to do that, yes. But if they don't go to God and get power from God, your teaching is not going to amount to much. You have to teach them that they need to rely on the Holy Spirit. You have to teach them that even at the youngest age, they can go to God and say, Father, I need the power of the Holy Spirit today. I was once teaching many years ago, way many years ago. I was teaching an eight, not eight, a class of eight, nine-year-olds. And one of my eight-year-olds came to me and said, would you please talk to my mom? Little girl, precious little girl. And I said, okay, why do you want me to talk to your mom? And she, she doesn't believe that I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. She doesn't believe that my speaking in tongues is real. Could you talk to her? And I pulled that mom aside and I said, why would you want to discourage that? That child loves the Lord. Your child is seeking after God. You need to encourage that, not discourage that. We need to, we need to get back to, to the very base. Did not Jesus say, wait until you are endued with power from on high? Why? Because Jesus knew you're not going to be able to live this life the way I designed it on your own strength. You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to be able to combat the increase of darkness all around you and the, as sin grows rampant. You're going to need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That, that alone, brothers and sisters, is what will keep us ready for the return of Jesus Christ.